You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. We're back with more Tapped Out with Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine on the BetQL Network. All right, whether it's a magic eight ball or a crystal ball or whatever you do to look into the future, now is the time to do it. Welcome back into Tapped Out here on the BetQL Network. A special shout out to everybody watching us on twitch.com backslash BetQL. Brendan Tobin in Miami, producer Jake's in Philly. I'm here in Kansas City. We appreciate you joining us wherever you're checking us out this afternoon, early evening. Let's go ahead and UFC into the future where now we've got a couple of big fights lined up coming up in April. So as soon as they turn the calendar to April, UFC 273 on tap. Gilbert Burns, haven't seen you in a while, plus 280, big underdog. Why? Who's he fighting? Hamzad Chimaev. Now, this is when we're really going to find out what Hamzad's about. If you can take out Gilbert Burns, who all he's done is won six out of his last seven fights, including wins against a prime Tyron Woodley and Damian Maya and guys like that. Heck, just took out Wonderboy somewhat recently. If Hamzad beats him, then he's who we've been talking about. If he doesn't, Brendan, then he's just kind of another hype train, right? Yeah, I mean, well... It's it's it's, it's tough that it's, it's tough that UFC. it's graded like that. It is tough that it's graded like that. But yes, to a level. I mean, it, because it yeah. feels like the Hamzat hype train is at a level that, I mean, it, it it's very pressed. Probably like I, I mean, would you say it's bigger than Sean O'Malley's? Like as far as like guys guys who people are more. I get probably because people really consider Hamzat a title threat. I don't think people do that with Sean yet. It feels um, definitely like Hamzad's closer. Like, Hamzad wins this fight. You could talk about him fighting Usman next. O'Malley's still a few fights away. Oh, he's a lot of fights away, I think. Yeah, yeah. He, I, I think so. But it, he's for, got a loss. For, for Hamzat, yeah, I think that he gets this fight. It's a, it's absolutely a big one. You're talking about a guy in Gilbert Burns. Like, look, he didn't beat Kamar Usman, but he almost got him. He almost got him early in that fight. And, you know, the next time around, just absolutely ragdolled Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. So he is, he is absolutely, I think he's one of the, uh, the most overlooked guys probably in the sport. Um, but it's definitely a respect getter for Hamza if he's able to beat him. If he's not, I don't know if it necessarily derails the hype train. I guess it depends on how he loses uh, before I'll make that determination. But I mean, dude, we're talking about, look at these, look at these, these wins that he has. I mean, like everything is basically a, a first round finish do, doing it in mere minutes. It's been crazy what he's done since he is, uh, since he's been part of the organization. And you, you put on top of that that he you put that on top that he also had a really really scary case of COVID. We thought he was going to retire at one point, um, you know. So I'm very intrigued by it. The names though aren't exactly the who's who of the division. True. I mean Gerald Mearchart and Lee Jiang Ling. Like those guys are good and everything, but you're talking about Gilbert Burns who just fought for the belt not too long ago. If you beat this guy, then you're every everything that's been built up by Dana, by the promotion, by everybody. But if you don't, it's kind of like. 
for some reason, this guy had more hype behind him quicker than any other fighter I can remember. I think we, I think we agree the reason why is the impressive fashion that he did it. He's kind of got the look and the act, and he can talk. He's kind of that dude. But also, it was on Fight Island. It happened so yes. quick where – I think that's that a might, big reason. It might be – we might find out it's fool's gold, though. We're going to find out at 273. Yeah, it sounded like he was doing almost like a like a bad uh, Khabib impersonation when he kind of first burst onto the scene. But I think that, you know, uh, like, like John was mentioning earlier in the show, like how Daily Fantasy got so big for the UFC during the pandemic. I think that almost some stars got bigger during the pandemic. Like, it's like – he, you know, we, we were so thirsting for big sports stories and things like that. And I think as fight fans, that coincides with that, too. I think that that probably helps some people in that he was fighting on short notice. This whole fight on him thing was such a fun gimmick that every fan loved to get around. So I think that probably uh, built into it. You have the idea that maybe he wasn't going to fight at one point because of the health reasons. But look, there's nowhere to hide with this one with Gilbert. You know, Gilbert's uh, he's a dangerous striker. He is really, really good at grappling crazy good submission game um definitely i would say in this one i mean like i haven't looked at the measurables on him just off the bat but like hamza what is he six two yeah. reaches 75 inches and so he's gonna have a big reach advantage and size advantage on gilbert who's 510 with 71 reach with a 71 inch reach so that's a pretty big discrepancy but especially for gilbert figuring like where does gilbert want to go try and win this fight like what is the key to victory there and it's going to be interesting because Hamza's been kind of a bully. Like he likes to go in and impose his will very, very early. So does that mean that Gilbert has to pull a rabbit out of his hat with some kind of crazy submission if he has a chance? Or will he stand and bang with him? You mentioned COVID fighter or kind of quarantine fighter like the last couple of years. It feels like he really shined during that time. Kevin Holland comes to mind for another yep. guy that was just on fire during that time. But we're about to find out who's who. Gilbert coming in as a huge underdog. I think it's going to go off at about 3-1 to one by fight time right now. He's at a plus 280. And as much as Gilbert gets the respect, everybody loves Hamzad. And I think that's where I'm going to end up putting my money right now. He's a heavy, heavy favorite coming in at a minus 350. So if you're going to make anything on that fight, you almost have to bet when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen. If it's Hamzad ending up winning that fight, how do you see it going down? I think if he wins, I think he wins via knockout. Like, I think that he has to go and and, and get aggressive on Gilbert. I, I think that the smart way to go about this is, hey, I'm going to show everybody. I'm going to go do this quick, just like I've been trying to do it. I don't think that you try and do something different because it's going to be a higher stakes fight and everyone's going to be watching. You try and be the patient game because I think that, one, I think sometimes that's that's a detriment to you in a, in a, in a fight because you maybe give up a round unintentionally and then all of a sudden maybe he's only got to win one more round to steal one from you. So you got to be careful. I think for him, like, yeah, you go about this like he is any other opponent that you've taken on, even though he is more highly decorated because that's just how you've had your success. I feel like you don't, you don't go away with what's worked for you. And I feel like him being aggressive, him being the naturally bigger guy, try and go get hands on Gilbert Burns early and try and put him away. And if Dorino's going to win the fight, it feels like to me, you got to drag him into that deep water. I'm not saying that Hamzad can't win in those late rounds. I'm saying we haven't seen him win in those late rounds. Definitely. And I think that it's going to be interesting to see, like, what does that look like? You know, he just was in there with a big time striker in Stephen Thompson, who was a fish out of water when it comes to the grappling game, even though typically he's been a tough guy to take down in his career. Hamzad definitely has the uh, the grappling skills that you know, that, that Stephen boy, uh, Stephen wonderful Thompson does not. So I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it is a challenge for Gilbert. Like this is a dangerous guy that he's going up against. Uh, he definitely, I feel like in a lot of ways does have to outsmart him or 
really cracking with something that surprises us, much like he did against Kamaru Usman. He just wasn't able to finish the job. So that fight official, Hamzad Chemaev, taking on Gilbert Burns, April. That's in UFC 273. UFC 274 goes off in May. And Michael Chandler, official, taking on Tony Ferguson. Ferguson, the underdog, as he should be, losing three fights in a row at plus 235. Michael Chandler, the heavy favorite, almost a 3-1. to one. Wow. At minus 290 right now. The crazy thing, BT, is this. That both these guys, essentially, their last couple of fights have had the same fate. Gaethje, Oliveira took care of Tony Ferguson. Oliveira, Gaethje took care of Michael Chandler. So Chandler's on a two-fight losing streak. In the case of Tony Ferguson, El Kikui's on a three-fight losing streak. Before I ask you who ends up winning the fight, who needs to win this fight more? Uh, I think definitely Tony. I think it, I think it, I, I think Tony needs this win so badly. Um, I only I, I it's not, it's funny for me. Like I don't even want him to just win them. I just want to see life out of Tony Ferguson, man. Like this guy was, is I thought at one point, one of the most interesting guys in the division was the guy everybody thought was going to be Khabib Nurmagomedov. Yeah. had such bad luck in his career with, you know, tearing up his knee, tripping on cables at a studio. That's snake bit stuff, man. And then he has this with uh Gaethje. Remember where he did the, don't forget. Remember he did the weight cut, an extra weight cut before they actually ended up fighting. You wonder yeah. what kind of a detriment that was to him. Probably a stupid move, but it was a gangster when he did it. So I just feel like he needs it so much worse than Michael Chandler does. Like, look, Michael Chandler is is on a bit of a house money thing. Like, you know, I don't know if he's ever going to be UFC champion. He's always – Michael Chandler, for me, it's going to be hard for me to ever think of Michael Chandler of something as other than the face of Bellator. Like, that's what he is to me. And until, until he gets to the top of the UFC, I don't know if he's ever going to be able to replace that legacy. And it's not a bad legacy to have. Bellator has been around for a long time. Different owners, different people running it. They could always go to Michael Chandler, and you knew it was going to be a good show. I just don't feel like there's that much pressure on him right now in his UFC career. I think for right now, it's gone as good as you could have hoped, much better than Ben Askren's has, where Ben Askren came in and was basically losing every single fight. Michael Chandler has been in a fight of the year already. Michael Chandler has gotten he's win over Dan belt. Hooker. Yeah, he's fought for the belt. He gets to already fight for the belt. All, you know, looked good in the first round. Looked like he was on his way to winning the belt. You know, to me, he has been he's been rock solid. I don't feel like there's a lot of pressure on him at all going into this fight for Tony. Yeah, this feels like if he if he looks like a guy who isn't capable of winning a round, maybe we're talking about the end of his career. Oh, I mean, those losses came to Gaethje, Dariush, and Oliveira. So let's but see. They're not even close to guy, Michael like, Chandler. No, he, he, he got beat down. It did look very Tyrone Woodley-ish, where it's like you're not only losing these fights, but you're getting dominated, and you're not even winning around in these fights. Chandler, though, man, bad look if you lose three out of your first four fights. Yeah, you're fun and entertaining, but he's also a guy that I think, I'm not saying he's on the chopping block with a loss, but this is a fight where both guys need to win. Right, and then if you lose, you're losing to the guy who hasn't won a round in three fights. So that's exactly. a tough look. And then, then I think a lot of people are going to kind of get in the camp that you're in, which is, okay, he was great in Bellator. He's kind of the next best thing, but there's a reason why he comes in as a heavy underdog in this fight. If Ferguson loses, do you think we're done with Tony Ferguson in the UFC? It depends. It depends how he loses. If he ends up, like I said, if he ends up looking like he did in the in the last three fights where he doesn't even look like he's competing, yeah, I think that's a very, very uh, – I, I think that's very much a, a chance where he could be done with the UFC. I don't know if they'll cut him, but maybe somebody has a talk and be like, hey, Tony, like I don't, I don't know what we do here. Do you want to make a run at 170? Like that's going to be the classic move where like, 
hey, let's let's do another weight class or something like that. And then if that loses, maybe then it's over. But yeah, I think that, I think there's definitely a danger in this fight that it could be his last fight if he doesn't look like he is anywhere close to competing with Michael Chandler. I'm shaking up my magic eight ball here. I'm just gonna try to UFC into the future, see what I come up with. Volkov Aspinall. How about that? Oh, Next your boy. UFC London. This is where my guy Tom Aspinall gets his respect, and everybody says that is not just the best Brit in the game, but the future heavyweight champion. Am I wrong? Uh, it's definitely it's definitely a possibility for sure, man. Like, look, Volkov is uh, is no slouch. He's kind of like, you know, I don't know if I want to call him a gatekeeper because I don't feel like you beat Volkov, you're going to the title. But I definitely feel like he's a uh, he's in a lot of ways like it's a prove that you're you're ready to be at the the big time level. And I think for Aspinall, yeah, this is uh, this is a monster form. You're talking about a card that you know is going to be be a, a big time showcase for him. Like this is this is for you. You go out there. And you're supposed to make it. It's at the O2 Arena. It's all there for you. You know the fans are going to. I mean, the, the British fans. I will say this. Best fight fans in the game. Boxing, oh, MMA, sure. singing. Everything is an event. You ever see what an uh, uh, Anthony Joshua fight lead up looks like, too? Or you think back to Darren Till when he fought Masvidal, what that atmosphere was like. People in, I mean, the UK. Unbelievable atmosphere. So, yeah, I think that also will help him if he goes and has a great performance against Volkov. It's going to feel like a very, very big deal. It's crazy with those fighters overseas because Aspinall, definitely proven, but not proven enough to fight for the belt. Leon Edwards, more than proven, but for whatever reason, nobody wants that guy too. Patty Pimblett, everybody loves him, but hasn't done much. I mean, real entertaining fight. Everybody knows the name and all that has the look. So I don't want to talk any smack, but still has to do a lot. And then you got Darren Taylor, who's probably got more of a push than any of those dudes who, for my money, I know that he's not boys with Hamzad and everything, everybody's favorite new couple, but man, you want to talk about overrated compared to the rest of your brethren. I don't know why Till gets the push compared to some of those other guys, especially Aspinall or Leon Edwards. I mean, those guys could really be champions. Yeah, I, I would say for T Till's just a good talker. Like, I think that's just what it is. You know, that that, 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 ta that takes you a long way. I think that people thought that he was going to be the next coming to Conor McGregor. And he just wasn't. Um, then you talk about all the weight cutting issues that he had. Remember where there was the weight cuts where he like went blind as he was cutting weight uh, for a little bit. Like, so he had some issues there as well. Had some personal stuff where he's getting into altercations outside the cage. So I don't know. He just seemed to me like not only a guy that um, talked his way to the top a little bit, but I don't necessarily know if he had his head on right in the right way when he first came on. Um, so I think that's a big difference for him. Whereas like a guy like Leon is, not the biggest talker in the world, but a big thing with Leon, too, is like he, even with this great record, I think was most known for the guy. Oh, you're the guy that got pieced up by Mosfidal in the interview. Like he still hasn't had, I think, that moment that has really exposed fans to him. Even in his win against Nate Diaz, people talk about the last 30 seconds more so than the fight beforehand. Let me shake this thing up one more time. And we got Gaethje. Charles Oliveira, Oliveira the champion. I think at this point he's proven. But, man, if there's anybody that can beat him, it feels like Justin Gaethje is that guy. What do you think about this fight? Can Charles Oliveira continue this white hot streak he's been on now for a while? Yeah, I definitely think that he can. And I do think that, you know, we talk about guys who have a lot of pressure on him. I think there is a lot of pressure on Justin Gaethje. You know, Gaethje has kind of had already in, in his UFC run, he is a guy where we're like, oh, he's the World Series of fighting guy. Like he wasn't uh, good enough. And then all of a sudden just came back uh, on an absolute tear to get back to that fight with Khabib. But that Khabib fight, like, he was not even close. It was one of the most dominant Khabib performances we've ever seen. It's crazy that it was just like, that's how Khabib decided to go out because it felt like he was just getting better and better and better. Um, but for him, 
okay, now you're taking a guy in Charles Oliveira, who I think everybody has the respect of the guy now and thinks he's the real deal for sure. But it's not like I don't think he has the aura of a Khabib yet. So if he doesn't beat him for the title, will he ever get back there? Is this his last opportunity? Um, so I think that's a that's a that's a big question to this. But I think Oliveira just got so many ways to win, man. I like I like the chance pertaining here. To be fair, we're up against it, BT. Who did come the closest to beating Khabib? Al? Um, I mean, no, probably, Al probably, probably Dustin almost getting that guillotine. Dustin, yeah. I mean, there's no right answer to that because nobody really came that close. That's it for UFC in the future. Coming up next, we tap out right here on the BetQL Network.